I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly and today on the detail I'm in Whakapapa village on Ruapehu, Mount Ruapehu where it is pretty blooming quiet but the Skywalker is running it's the gondola which takes tourists up the mountain there's a few like a handful of tourists around it's pretty quiet uh, there are a few workers I can see and I've just been into the cafe to get a cup of coffee and I talked to the young man who served me he's here on a working visa from overseas and he tells me that they're all just waiting to hear what the fate of these two ski fields Whakapapa and Turoa what their fate is because the saga of the company that runs them Ruapehu Alpine Lifts just drags on and on and it's just could be two weeks till the opening of the ski field and still they don't know and he says well it's okay for him he can get a job somewhere else but he really feels for the people who live in the towns that are so dependent on these two ski fields towns like National Park uh, Ohakuni and Ratahi that are just waiting to hear what the next step is I'm heading back down the mountain now, past the chateau, that imposing 19th century landmark, now empty, its own future uncertain. I'm going to National Park as the latest news on the ski fields is breaking. Well, the company that runs commercial skiing on Mount Ruapehu has been put into liquidation. Creditors yesterday rejected proposals to either keep the current structure of Ruapehu Alpine lifts or to hand it over to two private companies that set off the liquidation process. Now the fate of this ski season and many more is in the hands of the liquidators who say they're in a race against time. They've described it as hopelessly insolvent, $45 million in debt. So this morning at the High Court at Auckland that liquidation application was heard and it was granted. So PwC, John Fisk and Richard Nacy will take over the liquidation of that company and fold it up. Uh, so I'm in National Park now, which is probably the little town that's closest to Whakapapa, and I'm just going to try and find, it's pretty quiet here, but I'm going to try and find some locals to talk to about what it's been like um, in recent months or in the last year, waiting, waiting for a final decision on the fate of the ski fields. So I'll see if anybody's going to talk to me about that. National Park Village has a population of about a thousand people and it has great views of the three mountains. There's a school here, a petrol station, a couple of dairies and the Northern Explorer train stops here. There are lots and lots of lodges for tourists, mostly empty right now. And like a lot of ski towns, many houses with their curtains pulled. Some call them ghost houses, owned by skiers or other out-of-towners as holiday investment properties. Hello, hi. 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 I'm Sharon. Is this your business? Yeah. Oh, I'm Sharon. I'm a journalist and I'm making a, a podcast about... RAL about oh, okay. the ski yeah. fields? Yeah. And so Sorry. Just, no, it's like, it's okay. 
And I just I just wanted to talk to some local people about what it's been like to, you know, wait for a final decision on uh, what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, happen. It's sad yeah. to happen, right? Yeah. Can I talk sad. to you about it? Oh, unless someone talk to you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Come oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, thanks. So, what's your name? Jim. Yeah. And Jim, you've been kind of in limbo for months and months and months about RAL. Mm -hmm. What's it been like? Uh, what's it been like? Yeah, good question. Probably limbo is the best word. Like people don't know what's happening, and we're trying to we start a new business here, and it's hard to plan for the future when no one knows the uncertainty. It's been going on for quite quite a few years, but it's just obviously come to a head. And I think if we, you know, a fresh start would be good, so let's hope fingers still cross for a fresh start up the mountain. So this is new, this business? This is the, this is an old, uh, apart from the 50s, we spent two years redoing it. So and it's basically only been open for three and a half weeks. So, so a, yeah. lot, a lot hinges on those ski fields opening a lot for hinges. you. Definitely, yeah. Winter's a, a busy time of year for traditionally in Virapahu. Summer's um, got its own thing happening, so yeah, mm. it definitely depends. And it, it's all on the workers that work up the mountain. You know, if they don't have an income, they don't spend the money, and the rest of them, we all suffer. Yeah, and obviously you're you're dependent here on skiers coming to town. This time of year for skiers, yeah, for sure, absolutely. You know, that's absolutely what we're dependent on. You can't survive unless you get the numbers. I mean, even making a decision about continuing to put money and, and effort into opening this place. Yeah, like we we kind of assume the mount will be open, but, you, but, and, but deep down you sort of had doubts because it's been going on for quite some time. We put the money in, so we've got to re, um, try to rethink the whole plan and try to bring people to the National Park without outside the mountain. Yeah. There's been too much emphasis on the mountain for too many years. I think everyone's got one dimensional on it. So we need to look at other things. There's other reasons people come here. Yeah, like, I band. mean, in the summer, there's lots of things to do. Lots there's of the things, walking yeah. And it's walking and then there's, yeah, hunting tramping and four-wheel driving and fishing and stuff like that so what's the mood of of national park right now uh last night we saw it as if they actually came back everyone would have been down here having a having a celebration but it was pretty sad you know people were coming down not knowing what's happening still or actually thinking the worst which a lot of people are I was just looking on its website and it says it employs RAL employs about 750 seasonal workers mm -hmm. But that, it, that's not the only thing, no, is it? No, I mean, it's, it's all these townships. All these town. It's definitely all the... And basically, we're all about beds and um, food and stuff in this town mm. just to cater for the people that come here. So it's affecting us. It's, it has a big spill-off, big ripple effect across the whole King Country. And it's a shame the... Um, you know, in some ways, like, the shadow's shutting too, you know? It's like... I think the government's job should be making like, people's life easier, not harder. And it's good, it'd be good to see them step in when people need them, especially in the King Country. We've... You know, we've, we've had basically everything pulled out from under us. Such as what else in the King Country? Our privatisation of the uh, lines company, of the, of the power bills are really high for business operators, things like that. They tried it here first. You know, maybe they should have tried it in Auckland and see what what would have happened. You know, what will you do? Do you think if it if the ski field doesn't open? Yeah, we already are starting to rethink things. Yeah, are uh, you? This is a new business, but we've just reopened, so we want to make a new plan and try to um, bring other activities to National Park and other, other groups of people. But you will stay here? Well, we've got no choice, you know, but, but it's hard. It is uncertain, but I think the whole world's uncertain, to be honest with you at the moment, and New Zealand is too. Well, good luck. I mean, it's still a beautiful place, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, absolutely, it's beautiful. 
and I do love it. It, it is a really beautiful is. place, and most people don't live here to make they don't live here to make millions of dollars or make money. It's more of a lifestyle, but it's hard to have a lifestyle when you can't even make it bread and butter. Went, went down the driveway of Man or Fenua Lodge, which has got a lot of shuttle buses. Everything is closed here, which I guess you would expect. But as Jim said back there, there's a lot of ghost houses in this town. That's houses that people have invested in. And he said the other day one sold for a million dollars. Just a few doors down, I meet another local. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your name? Seamus. Seamus. Okay. Seamus, and you live in National Park. I've lived there 22 years. Have you? Okay. So, what has it been like? I mean, I know Jim says that you know this has been going on for years, the uncertainty over the ski fields. But what has it been like, particularly, say, in the last year? Oh, well, it's not that bad. Like we, we're actually starting to get more business from the crossing than we are from the mountain now. From the Tongariro, Tongariro crossing. crossing. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's such a good thing. We get thousands of people come through over summer now. Whereas, yeah, like you say, we just want some, somebody to make a decision about the mountain and decide now because the season's meant to start next month. The other problem they had was they haven't talked to the iwi enough about it. And I'm quite, I'm, I quite understand that the iwi are upset about it and I'll stand on a picket line with them because I totally believe that the mountain might be a national treasure owned by New Zealand, but they should have a majority of say in what goes on on it. You could also argue that the ski field has been good for this town. Oh, it's been good for the area, but as in, like I've always pointed out with the mountain, they make out that they're, they're helping the area, but without all this accommodation, there is no mountain because nobody's got anywhere to stay, so where are they going to stay if they come here? Mm. And like, now, the, the, the thing I find with National Park is prob- uh, at least 60% of National Park houses are owned by people from out of town. They're all book a batch, batch care. Yeah, so, so they're ghost houses. So, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I, I don't begrudge the people having it, but the problem you have is now there's no accommodation for people that want to live here. You know, the younger ones have bought some houses, but now even the house prices have gone insane in National Park. People in the town and you yourself, are you rethinking what you want to do or are you not, not dependent on...? I'm not dependent on the mountain. I, I do a couple of houses here, book a batch, and like over summer they're, they're booked out. Whereas the mountain, if they can sort it out and run it properly, it might work. But I've got a feeling that whoever takes it over is going to hike all the prices up which will stop families coming here. Because if you're mum, dad and two kids, you come to National Park for the weekend, you're talking $1,000 easy, minimum, to go to stay, to go up the mountain. So do you worry that, you know, if there is not the certainty for the mountain that people will leave? I think summer business, like I say, is a lot better now, a lot better. I think it's bigger than the the mountain now because the mountain is unpredictable you know like you only have to have a couple of weeks of a storm come through and there's two weeks gone that's right and the mountains really only open from what school holidays in july 
and then it closes Labor Weekend in October. So you're only talking, what's that, 16 weeks. Across the road to another lodge and meet a young worker from Australia. You've been living here about a year. Yes, I have. And what, so what is it like living here? Because you've sort of been living here at a time when there's been so much uncertainty. Yeah. I don't know. I just love the community and I just love the vibe here. And Do you? Yeah. What is it about the community? It's just so close-knit and everyone knows everyone and we all just band together and... Yeah. Right. And so, so what, what, how would you describe the mood of the place in the last few months? Oh, I don't Not know. Not knowing whether the ski yeah, fields will open. Yeah, it's just very uncertain at the moment. Yeah, I think we're all hoping for the best, but there's always that fear, I guess. Are you taking bookings here? Yes, we are. So what's it been like? Um, been... It's been up and down. It's been busy through periods and also quiet through some other periods. Right, and so looking ahead, I mean, you know, it's only probably less than a couple of weeks before the, the ski fields should open. Yeah. Would you normally have you know be fully booked by now? Oh I'm not sure yeah no. I'm not sure about that yeah. Are you getting much interest though? We are at the moment yeah. Are you and what are people saying? Oh they just want to come out here and you know enjoy the area and enjoy yeah. the mountain hopefully so. Local people or overseas people? Um, some overseas some local. Okay and yeah. do they know are they aware of what is going on you know the saga over? The... I'm not sure I know it's all over the internet so I'm sure some of them know I'm sure going into the snow zone alpine centre. Well, if there's one business that desperately needs the ski fields to open, it's this one. Hi. Hi I'm Sharon. Robbie. Robbie. Robbie Forbes. Robbie Forbes. Yep. And you own yep. this shop? Alpine centre. OK. And, and your farmers? And ski as well. It's, it's, one, it's two... Two in the one. It's like a ski and snowboard clothing and what yeah. Yeah. hiring. So we've amalgamated two shops in the one because I we see. had two shops before. Yeah. I mean, you've got lots of boxes so, here, yeah, so you really are, you're yeah, getting ready. It's all arriving. Yeah. And, and going nowhere. So. How does it feel? Well, I've been in a long time. So I was, 98 season was the last bad season. Well, that's the 25 years ago. Yeah, but it, it hit the industry so hard when you have 21 days. And but having that technology we had back then, so we've, we've been through the tough times. Yeah, you have, you have. And, I mean, COVID must have been terrible. COVID, we still made money. Did you? Yeah. How did you manage that? Well, because, because we, the lockdowns wasn't all over New Zealand. Of so course, we, it was So we still Auckland. ticked over. Yeah. We, we had enough pay bills. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so still 98 was your worst season ever because you only Competed had 21 open days. 21 open days. And normally on a good season, what would... what? Oh, you know, you, 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 you start in July, school holidays, necessity. Yep. And you go through to Labor Weekend. Yeah. And because winter here is... Winter's winter, so you have, you have closed days, of course. Yeah. But then but this mountain is... When it's final Saturday, Sunday, it's big. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, you get thousands up there, don't you? Of course. You? you know, Auckland's 80% of our client right, base. Right. So, well, you live in Auckland for one reason, to make money, not for the lifestyle. <laughs> oh, hell. <laughs> that's, that's my belief. Okay. I'm born and bred here, so, but I've been privileged to travel, but so. Yeah. So, you've got a lot of money invested a in lot here. Of money. Well, you, everything you see, we own. What, how are you, are you feeling nervous at the moment? Yes, of course. It's, 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 it's scary because we need to make 
go ahead with the new plan, the, yeah. new, the new owners. And it's getting late. Well, and and the, the, it's not going to happen overnight. No. How much confidence do you have that the mountain will open? I, I hope to be open within three weeks. Within three weeks, okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. late. But we need to be open for the to, to three weeks and, and get through the October. Well, as John Fisk says, if the mountain doesn't open this year, if the ski fields don't open this year, then, you know, they'll never open. We need to be able to give certainty to, to everyone um, so that the season can open. And, you know, if the season doesn't open, then, you know, unfortunately, one season closed probably means that it won't ever open again. That would be just tragic mm. because people have put their lives into this. RAL's had a lot of bad luck. They've been there 69 years. They've had a lot of bad luck. COVID had a big impact on them of generating money. And sure, they're in debt, a lot of debt, but we have a ski field that in the past has not non-profit. They've paid GST. They've paid, they got $12 million wage bill, PAY. Imagine that money. But like I said, the, the mountain is not 100% to blame. The mountain business. Oh, the mountain business. Because, you know, we, I've talked to a few people in town and there seems to be quite a lot of anger with RAL. Well, we weren't saying that in the heyday, were they? See, I've, no. I have a different way of thinking. You always kick someone with them down? No. They built the gondola, which I think is the best thing that ever happened to Rupo. Oh, really? That's my belief. It's a change of, of direction. And... With the new owners, the prospect might be different. But RAL was stuck between a rock and a hard place. And a bit of poor management, sure, but you've got to be cruel to survive. They weren't too cruel. So my feeling is that the government's been a bit brutal. In what way? What could the government I, I think they could have... When you look at what's up there, it's not a great deal of money that you're in debt for. 39, 40, 40 million. The rest is is light passes. So the true fact is that they're 39 million in, in real debt, mm. not, not your light passes. They mm -hmm. have put, built chairlifts and built infrastructure. And when you look at the loss that the area makes, right to the supermarket in Tamanui, Taupo. That far? That's the Ruapau district. I'm not bashing the government. But I'm not happy the way it's gone because they give money away like it's no tomorrow. Right, okay. So you think that there should have been a bit more consideration? I think there's been a lot more consideration. The whole area and the economy and yes. what those ski fields yep. are worth. What they, and when they do work, they generate money. Mm. I have 12 staff, for Christ's sake. Oh, do you? And are your staff all ready to go? Yeah. Because there's That's so much... staff, including us. Okay. You know, ten, ten staff, but they're ready to go. They're ready to go. But what are they doing? I mean, they wouldn't normally be... Well, I've had to put them off. So they're, they're, they're hanging around places like Taupo. A young Australian boy, he's living here now, so he's been in today, and I've got to try and help him out. It's, it's like... So you've hired people, but you well, can't... Well, the contracts haven't been signed, but they're there waiting to sign. Oh, and that must be the, the case for all these everybody, places in everybody. town. Exactly. So you've got people, you, you've yep. got your, your, go. all your staff, yep. but would that be the case for all these places, that they know that they can... They need staff. The, they need them. Yep. But you, then they can't guarantee the work if they don't know... That's the problem. It's not easy. No. What would you say the mood is of the town? 
Oh, it's not too late. What happens in the next 10 days? Because that ball will roll slow. If it goes the way that Fisk said, I, I don't think he'd be, he'd be comprehending that. Because mm. you're not just hurting individuals, you're hurting everybody. Mm. The, re- the whole region. They, they forget about the history of the mountain. Short-term memories. If the worst comes to worst, and it's hard to imagine, but... If I, don't, I can't even fathom that happening. Because that's, it's, it's like, what's happened? What's happened to New Zealand? What's happened? What, you mean that it shouldn't be allowed to should, um, no, close? Should, no. But what, what if you wouldn't have well, a business? No. So you'd shut up? Be a good church. I'm born and bred here. I've seen the town evolve. And you've seen the... You've seen the I've scheme. seen the progress. I've seen the town progress. And not just this town. Cooney. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, goes right back to the supermarket built in Tamanui. The building for the future. There's one other thing I want to ask you, though. What if it's a bad, bad snow season? Yeah, well, climate is happening. But we have infrastructure up there with, with uh, snow factory, snow making. See, last year was a wet season, extremely wet. But our winter was, we still had a Lunas facility on Wakapapa because we have a snow factory. My business is massive with Lunas. Oh, okay. Because we're friendly and they, we're famous. Oh, yeah. In the community in Auckland. <laughs> yeah. And the snow factory up RAL paid all my bills. So whether it's a bad snow year or not, I mean, they're already making snow up there. I've been yeah, up the snow factory, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, so, so whether or not, it's, it's, it's not really whether it's bad weather because you'll still get the people through and going yeah. up to the lunar and snow. The, and, and the gondola's open for sightseeing because it's a, a magical place. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to the locals of National Park. Kakite anō.